you're listening to In The Know, a collection of career development insights and leadership experiences from INSEAD, the business school for the world. Welcome to another episode of In The Know, and today we have the first of a two-part episode which will feature a participant and alumnus from the Tsinghua INSEAD Executive MBA, or Tiemba program. This two-part episode provides insights into business and career success in Asia. Our first guest is co-founder and chief executive of the Singapore Space and Technology Association, Lynette Tan. Lynette is a Women's Weekly Great Women of Our Time award winner and current participant in the Tiamba program. I realize not many people have the courage because they think, oh, this is for a certain age and they associate age with learning. Uh, and they go, oh, I'm way past that age and I don't want to do that. Yeah, for sure. Which then inhibits your openness to learn. Yeah, exactly. So I think we should never allow age to determine what we can learn, how we are going to learn, yep. but that realize that we always need to be open-minded, be humble, yep. and that there are new skill sets to be learned. Lynette shared many amazing insights into the science and technology industries and some tips on how to realize success in Asia. So let's get in the know with Lynette Tan. Lynette, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's, a, it's a great pleasure to welcome you. I've been really excited to, uh, to sit down with you and get to know more about yourself. Um, there's some great information at, at the, about your feats that you've achieved and let's sort of uncover some of those, I guess. So just sort of give our listeners a bit of a, a background of where you're from, you know, how, how your career has progressed and sort of how you've, how you've got to where you are today. Um, thank you, Luke. Uh, so thank you for having me here. Um, I'm from Singapore, uh, born and raised here. I did spend four years overseas studying in the United States where I did my chemical engineering degree and sure. master's. Um, so today I work as an executive director for the Singapore Space and Technology Association. Fantastic. I was one of the uh, earlier founding members more mm-hmm. than a decade ago. Wow. And we provide a satellite and space business services for anyone from six years old to 60 years old. Wow, that's quite broad. Yes, it is. It's very exciting. It's a yeah. very niche area, sure. um, very high energy. Sure. So we provide training camps for young kids, mm-hmm. six years old. Mm-hmm. But also we do a lot of uh, industry research, uh, market intelligence for big MNCs, uh, the government, um, you know, satellite companies uh, to help them advance their work and, you know, market position in Asia Pacific. Sure. And is that just sort of tailored and specified for the Singapore region or you're looking at the whole Asia region or globally even? Well, the Singapore is traditionally a business hub. So most businesses in Singapore would be at least for the region. Sure. For an industry like the space business, which is fairly niche, Mm. it, uh, it is very global. Sure. Um, in, its, in, the, in the work that we do. Mm. For example, we organize the um, Asia-Pacific largest uh, space tech conference, which takes place in February every year. Wow. And we welcome delegates all over the world from mm. the United States, from France, from Germany, mm. and of course, Australia, mm. Indonesia, Malaysia, wow. and Thailand. Very global. Yes, it is, it mm. is. Mm. And I, I suppose we'll cover some global aspects of, of your career and, uh, and, and obviously INSEAD, which uh, is part of why INSEAD's known. Um, 
you mentioned that young children, I suppose, space and young children almost go, they coexist almost. I remember uh, going through school myself, and I'm sure you do, space and dinosaurs and yeah. those sort of things where we dream and think of creativity. That's, right. that's, that's where we uh, sort of begin our education, I guess. So yeah. what do you do for young children in an education space yeah. there? So we run the astronaut training camps for young children wow. in Singapore. And we do that for young students from Indonesia, sure. even all the way from uh, UAE as well, right. from 6 to 16 years old. Wow. It's interesting because Singapore actually doesn't have a satellite or astronaut training um, We have a satellite program. We don't have astronaut training program. Sure. Um, but we're, we're very fortunate to be able to get very good um, instructors locally and globally sure. to come and conduct this uh, training class. And this was also one of the reasons why we started the Trade Association. We wanted to inspire people mm -hmm. to be able to dream yep. and to reach for the stars. Literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And starting them very young is very important. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So, Astronaut training, amazing. I mean, it is, it Available is. for adults, surely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Comes at a heftier price tag. Of course, <laughs> of course. So actually some of these young um, train trainees have grown up to be young adults. Yep, and this uh, last summer, we had one of them come back from Imperial College and said, you know, I did your space camp when I was very young mm. and now I want to contribute. Can I be an intern at your office wow. for, for three months? So he did exactly that and wow. he did a lot of research for us. So it's very gratifying when you see how you've genuinely touched lives yeah. and influenced the career later. For sure, yeah, amazing. A little jealous in a way. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I've noticed on um, your LinkedIn profile, which I'll include in the show notes um, so other listeners can, can have a read through, but you said you had international space training. Right. Uh, was that at South Korea maybe I, I, I saw? Yes, it was in South Korea. And, and what does that involve? Oh, well, I had to learn um, things It's a, it's a lot of physics, sure. which is good because it's a subject I naturally love sure. and fairly capable in. Yeah. Um, we talk about satellites, you know, we talk about uh, launch capabilities. We went to see the rocket launch facilities and the, the rocket making facility, which is, you know, you always forget how big they are. Yeah, exactly. Like you see them on TV <laughs> and you go, wow, it's exciting. But when you really see them, yeah. and even though they, the rockets could be just lying motionless mm -hmm. in the plant, it, it's still like, wow, this is going into space. Yeah and delivering a lot of power. Mm -hmm. yeah. And of course, uh, an important aspect is uh, space is not just for fascination, even though it's a very important and powerful inspiration tool. Sure. It provides a lot of capabilities for to support modern day of lives of from the navigation systems. You know how I was using the GPS to navigate my way here. Mm -hmm. Where this, where is the nearest restaurant? Mm -hmm. And imaging and uh, to help in disaster relief, uh, humanitarian aid. These are all very important uh, tools uh, and capabilities of satellite and space technologies, or the phone that we use today. There are telecommunications mm -hmm. that's underpinning our modern way of life. Yep. That's underpinning modern business. Yep, for sure. Such an important uh, piece to the puzzle, yeah. I guess. Um, the manufacturing of it, but we also learned the important business case in the satellite and space industry. Right, right. Fantastic. Another thing I noticed on on your profile was that uh, there's many awards. You, you sort of <laughs> amazing amount of awards. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, just off the top of my head, one of them was the the Woman's Weekly uh, Great Woman uh, Great Women of Our Time Awards right. in 2018. And then there was another bizarre 2019, I think last year, yeah. Powerless. So, I mean, uh, congratulations, first of all. And what do those sort of awards, how, 
how do they make you feel? I mean, these awards were from magazines under his company. Ah, very nice. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. So thank you very much, Julian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but importantly, I think it's important. Uh, recognition is important. Sure. Um, especially in the field of science, technology, and engineering and math. Sure. Uh, you don't get too many women sure. in them. And you don't get too many women who want to push to go to the, the C-suites, the final league, the final sure. frontier. Yeah. You know, they, they're very good at it. And then after um, a, a certain number of years in the industry, they focus on your career, sure. as many women do. Yeah. Uh, and that's not right or not wrong, but that is a trend. Sure. So such a, a awards uh, really encourages and serves as a beacon for other women to go, hey, you know, now that my kids are older, I want to come back to the industry. I want to do more sure. and give them the encouragement and the belief that they can and they should. Mm. So that these awards are very important. And I'm, of course, I'm very honored and very delighted, yeah. um, you know, to be recognized. Yeah, no, for sure. And and I suppose inspiring too for, for the other women out there aspiring to achieve career success as you have. And I mean, I, I as, a, as a male, was inspired by by your story and part of the reason I wanted uh, wanted to join you today. Thank Julian's company for coming up with uh, these good awards. Exactly. And helping promote, you know, different backgrounds and, and different gender um, in, right. and the success that we all achieve. So, you know, fantastic and congratulations again. And we'll dive a bit more into your career, uh, particularly in Asia uh, and business in Asia uh, itself. International business, you sort of need to have flexibility and you need to adapt your style to, you know, different cultural That's contexts. Right. Some of the traits that people from different cultures mm-hmm. sort of possess, you know, that's something I'd like to sort of discuss. And can you describe some of, uh, I guess, your experiences you've gained sort of leading people and maybe educating people as well? What can our listeners take away from maybe some of the insights you have um, when applying understandings of different cultures here in Asia for people that are looking maybe to do business in Asia or work with individuals from Asia? Yes, the the Asia Pacific with the growing market is attracting uh, international talent. So you're starting to see every more, every city in Asia becoming very cosmopolitan. You sure, can, you can meet anyone yep. in Shanghai, in Beijing, in Singapore, Tokyo, mm. Sydney. You'll see everyone sure. from all over the world. So understanding that culture difference, um, I find is is really helpful. Sure. Um, in business, while well, the business proposition, the value proposition, you know, the return on investment. They are important, but there are many good deals out there. So why do they want to do business with you, mm-hmm. with your company? Um, and understanding that culture differences gives you uh, a leg up sure. and you know gives you a little bit of an advantage in communicating your proposition better. Sure. Um, well, having studied four years in the US, so I'll, I'll talk about a few different uh, you know, there's stereotypes, right? But we, we all go on a bell curve, but sure. but there's generally a, a dominant feature in every culture. It's of not course. right or wrong. Of um, course. Yeah, there's a dominant feature in every culture. It's not right nor wrong. It's, it's, it's how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to recognize that factually is important. Mm-hmm. So I think if I were, when I was studying in America, I could afford to be very assertive. Okay. Right? And people don't generally take offense. Sure. Right? I can be very firm, put my foot down, say, no, I'm going to do it this way. Sure. It's my way or the highway. Yeah. And uh, no one's going to be super upset. Sure. Um, but thankfully, because of my Asian upbringing, I also know that I don't do this kind of thing in Asia. Sure. Having a sense of humility, being very sincere and earnest, 
uh, traits that comes through very positively and are very well received um, in Asia. Sure. Of course, this is in general. Of course. Right. I think you're right in that having that flexibility to adapt. Sure. And being appreciative in, in principle for every different culture yep. would really help. I also found a quote um, through the, uh, many content pieces that uh, I can find more research about oh. you. And you mentioned that my you current... can't see, but now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned my current role sees me regularly putting forth new ideas and programs to inspire interest and awareness about space technology. Uh, you said how it relates to us and how we can harness its capabilities is very important. So I, I sort of wanted to delve more into that. And so what are some of the skills you see being vital to achieving career success? And, and maybe in particularly in Asia, um, being that you're based here and, and largely based here. And do you feel there are any more skills in, in Asia that are particularly, I guess, pertinent to Asia compared to, to other regions of the world? You said you were in the healthcare, so you would know actually the human body is very fragile, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. And we learn to do more always by using our minds mm-hmm. and being able to use machines. Sure. Uh, and these are tools and these are skills. Um, the machines we use evolve over centuries, sure. as will the tools and as will the skills. So I won't say there's a specific skill that is relevant for all time. Um, there will be different skills that we, w- we would need. I would need a set of skills. My children would need different types of skill sets sure. and their grandchildren and so forth. Um, so what you will realize is the ability to be open-minded and be humble to learn is the kind of attitude that will allow you to continuously learn new skill sets. Sure. So I'll tell you a joke. I, I never took, I was always interested in music and I never took piano exams. Okay. I could, you know, I would learn on my own. Um, but then one day when I was in my mid thirties, I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a grade two exam. I just yeah. want to see where I am sure. so that I can learn uh, formal, get a formal education in music. Of course, yeah. And I went to take the exam and there were only seven-year-old kids or eight. Yep. So I was the 35-year-old woman with all these young kids with the Spider-Man, you know, pencil case <laughs> and Barbie doll pencil case. <laughs> and I remember a mommy who was escorting the child to yep. the exam said, how, how, how come that mommy can go in for the grade two exam? And I can't. Yep. And then the, 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 the guard the, who was holding back the mommy's parents would say, oh, actually, she's a, a candidate for the paper. <laughs> And the guy was very embarrassed, but I wasn't embarrassed at all. Sure. You know, it, it's a grade two examination. It's an international standard board. Uh, I wanted to know if I could do it based on my sure. own homeschooling. Yes, and sure. I, and I did it. Um, but I realized not many people have the courage because they think, oh, this is for a certain age. And they associate age with learning. Uh, and they go, oh, I'm way past that age and I don't want to do that. Yeah, for sure. Which then inhibits your openness to learn. Yeah, exactly. So I think we should never allow age to determine what we can learn, how we are going to learn, but then realize that we always need to be open-minded be humble yep. and your new skill sets to be learned every day. Yeah, for sure. No, a lovely, a lovely message there. I think yeah, it's really important also that we we don't get sort of limited by what we think other people think of us. Yes. You know, we, we don't live by what other people expect of us mm-hmm. and we always remain true to what we want and what we feel is our vision and our sort of goals for our own careers. So, yeah, really nice message that sort of, remaining within yourself and doing what what you really want to achieve. So yeah, really nice. Great. 
But and if I could add on another skill set, which is important and I think uh, pretty universal. Mm. Okay, universal, but also especially in Asia Pacific. Mm. Asia is you need to enjoy your food. Okay. You know, when you meet oh, Japanese clients, yes. go and have a good food meal with them. When yes. you're with your Asian clients, Singaporean mm. clients, mm. Uh, Southeast Asian clients, mm. go and have a good go and have a good meal with yep. them. It it would uh, it would mean a lot. Yeah, no, it's particularly important, and yes. I have the luxury of coming to Singapore quite often yeah. because of the campus here. But uh, it, it is something that uh, is is. I know food around the world is is a very social sort of a concept or culture, if you like. But particularly here in Asia, it's it's yeah. a great way to bond and and create that you know solid right. network. Mm, very nice. Moving on to the program, yeah. as mentioned, you you sort of done the Tiamba program, mm-hmm. um, which we alluded to before, and. There is very similar programs in the INSEAD GAMBA program and the dual degree TMBA program. And and for people out there that are considering, oh, maybe this is something I want to do in the future and help to, to leverage my career, what was your thinking and in, in why you chose the TMBA program opposed to the executive or the, the standard executive MBA out there? So, um, because I live in Singapore and a lot, many of my uh, business associates live in the region sure. so therefore an asian emba is more valuable sure. than a global emba sure. uh, there might be opportunities but i'm not but the growth is in asia pacific sure. so i don't really see myself moving out of um, asia pacific you know to further or advance my career sure. and therefore a program that's more intensive in the Asia Pacific culture, understanding, know-how is important to me. Sure. And of course, uh, I live in Singapore, so uh, in the Tianba program, a good portion of the curriculum is held in Singapore, so that um, really makes good use of my time sure. to just drive down, go for class, yes. and then go back home. Yeah, exactly. Versus having to fly to a different location, which there's a lot more flying in in the Gamba program. Exactly. Um, but the so the Tianba program also has naturally a lot of instructions and um, you know lessons in Tsinghua yep. which is a beautiful campus and which yeah. I love yep. and also in the satellite industry many graduates in the business in China they are alumni from Tsinghua ah, nice. and they spoke so well of the school yep. and then I said okay I'm going to go to Tsinghua and study yep. my EMBA yeah yes, and you yes. had the, the best of both worlds that's I guess right. So, that's yeah. right I do yeah very nice and, and for people sort of looking to make that decision have you got any advice to sort of help them make a decision between one or the other you've had the luxury of uh as you mentioned uh getting exposure yes. to Xinhua and and also INSEAD is there a vast difference between the two schools and uh, what what did you feel the major differences and and some similarities maybe so when I was in a global pharmaceutical company um, before the I joined the trade association full time, I was doing mergers and acquisitions. Sure. So when you have a merger and partnership of two companies or organizations of equal branding and strength, mm-hmm. it is extremely difficult. Yes. I and imagine. I always say, if you can just acquire, don't forget the fifty one forty nine type of partnership. It's sure. very very mentally exhausting to do and execute and to derive the full synergy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was my concern initially because Tsinghua and Nsiat are both very, very strong, you know, very good uh, schools. Yep, sure. Um, But I think the feedback from alumni was really useful to me. Sure. So I think they said, you know, they're going to be different culturally, but that is their learning. Yeah. And I agree. Sure. It's not always this way or that way. It's an exposure to see, hey, these two schools are doing this differently. 
Um, and this is how actually it reflects how business is done differently sure. in exactly. different parts of the world. Yep. And just going with an open mind. For sure. And, and learning from those differences. Right. And I was very clear that my career, at least in the next five to 10 years, would be in Asia Pacific. Sure. So therefore, uh, I was not... I was going to pick a program that allowed me to spend more time in Asia Pacific. Makes complete sense. Yep. And we'll finish with the final quickfire questions. We'll we'll get through a few, I think, in the remaining time we've got. So I'll I'll start with um, I guess in the last five years, uh, what are any new beliefs or behaviors or maybe habits that you have thought has most improved your life? I've I've always been a book reader. Okay. A bookworm. Yep. Um, so not in the last five years, but since I was very, very young. Sure. And I never dropped that habit of reading. Fantastic. And this diligence, I think, in my opinion, made tremendous influence impact on my life. Sure. Um, always learning about new things, new ideologies, new way of doing business, uh, you know, new case, new case study, or even fiction, you know, like a romance or rom-com. Sure. Um, it's refreshing and, and keeps me interested about life. Sure. And I think that's a very good habit to have. For sure. I completely agree. I love books as well. Have you maybe got a recommendation out there for our listeners that you like should be reading this? Well, I've read The Black Swan three times and, right. you know, at different stages of my life. Yes. And I find that every time I read it, um, because I'm in a different stage, mm. I find new ideas. Sure. Sorry. Different meanings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. You find that you pick out different things from the book. Sure. Um, I thought it was, that was a really, really good book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading Factfulness now by ah, Hans. Yeah. That's next on my list. Yes. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. um, interesting. And, you know, it, it's interesting to know how the brain is always growing itself. Sure, <laughs> so, but yeah. I think uh, one of our previous podcasts, Katel uh, yeah. Lugovin, she recommended that book as yes. well. So, yeah, next on my list. So I'll, uh, I'll try yeah. and get it on the plane maybe. I'm lucky I got it for my Christmas gift. Ah, so, yeah, great Christmas gift. Yeah. It'll be your Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> right, uh, so we'll move on to the next question. Uh, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've mm. ever made? I mean, it could be an investment of money, time, uh, energy resources, anything like that. And it doesn't have to be the program. I, I yeah. often say to people, it doesn't have to be the program. It sort of sounds like I'm leading, but yeah, yeah it doesn't okay. have to be. I think the best and the most precious resource everyone have in the same amount is almost, it's always time. Of course. So how we use your time mm. is, is needs to be a very strategic investment decision. Sure. Um, Again, focusing on your values, I think what's important to to a person. And for me, I knew from a very young age, besides my love for reading, that family is always important. Sure. So I make sure I always spend time and invest time in things that um, create good, you know, t- value for time for my with my family. Sure. And because of that grounding and centeredness. It allows me to do very, very crazy things, like try to go to space. <laughs> so learning to invest your time is something we all need to be very, very mindful, very, sure. very conscious of, yep. very deliberate with. Yeah, yep. for sure. For sure. Very nice. And a final question. If you could ask uh, sort of one thing for our listeners to, to sort of implement, yeah. to improve or enhance their careers, what would that one thing be? So ironically, um, I think... A, we are always very successful when we focus, right? Uh, you know, what are the three things you want to do today? What do you want to achieve? 
But we can only come to very good decisions if we spend time to explore. Meaning sure. going to do something without an agenda. Going to do something without thinking is going to make you better off. Mm-hmm. And then you will find that, hey, there's a new world you've not yet discovered. There are new things you haven't done. Or there are new skills that I actually need. Sure. So an advice, I'm not sure if I'm in a position to, but if there's an advice that I would want people to really listen to is to go and explore. Sure. Yeah. Very nice. Maybe a bit of synergy there from, yeah. from the space industry. That's right. <laughs> like if I hadn't done it, because there's no space in this, uh, there's no space program. You know, there's no space agency in Singapore. Yeah. So if I hadn't done that exploration, I wouldn't realize that it's so exciting and that I could use it to influence other people and inspire others. Sure. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank no, thank you for your time, and I, I really enjoyed the chat. I appreciate the time and I wish you all the best in your future career. Thank you so much for having me here. No, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Lydia. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of In The Know. If you want to know more about today's career development and leadership topics, head online to www.inthenow.insead.edu forward slash podcast. To discover more about any of INSEAD's degree programs, head to www.insead.edu.